everyone. My name is Amigo Aaron. I'm not a host, but I play one on TV. And this is my partner in crime, as seen on TV. It's the Brent. Yeah. I'm one of those non-vocal hosts that just makes the noises. You're like a, a teller or a beeper. You know, teller is not a good co-host on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Think about it. He just sits there while Penn is all talking. Perfect. If only you were like that mute. That'd be great for everybody. Nevertheless, welcome to ARG Presents, everybody. The show where we spin a crazy wheel and make a crazy deal. We made a crazy deal this week, Brent, because we spun this sucker and we came up with this. Bam! TV-based games, but not just any TV-based games, because these have to be based in TV shows that came out before the year 2000. Yes. 2000. Now, that's an odd choice, isn't it? Is there some difference between the shows that came out before 2000 and after 2000? We'll have to ask Petzl, who suggested the piece. Well, I mean, doesn't that strike you as odd? <laughs> like, how many video games came out after 2000? They'd, they'd all be like modern games, wouldn't they? Like 24 and, you know. Well, we we review like modern games. Well, I know, occasion. but I'm just saying. I, I did, we've, we've sort of tiptoed to this category once before when we did uh, TV games. But this time out, we've, we've got certain, certain qualifiers to make them different shows. So it's entirely different. Now, Aaron, from, from uh, uh, pre-2000 television, do you have any favorites? Anything that really grabs you that you just feel like you got to watch over and over again? You mean TV shows? Oh my God! Are you kidding me? All of them. All my favorites are from before 2000. Just to run down some of my favorite shows. And by the way, some of these deserve games, right? Of course, I'm my all-time favorite show, The Twilight Zone. Love it. I can't get enough of it. That does not deserve a game. Uh, Star Trek, the original Star Trek, which has a million games. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, including we. It's funny. I uh, we did some research and. I'm trying to think of who it was on the Discord. Determined pretty much unequivocally that Star Trek was the first TV show that had a game based on it. Yeah, because it had a Vectrix arc. Uh, oh no, way before. Game. No, this is way before that. I'm talking game on like a college computer type game. This is old school, like uh, 60s. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know what he's talking about. Yeah. but th- that's not a commercial game. Uh, other shows that I was a big fan of back in the day that I'd love to see a game made for Wild Wild West. And I don't mean the god awful. Abomination that Smith did, and the, that horrible, horrible thing. I'm talking about the original uh, show, which I was a big fan of. That one, I never got a game made after. Yeah, can you think of any shows that you love that never got the privilege of having a proper game made about them? Uh, Firefly. Yeah. Oh, that's an excellent uh, choice. It does have a game, eh, sort of like yeah. this Firefly online universe type game. But I, I, I would have loved to have had a game where you just go around with the crew and do do episodes. Basically, missions and whatnot. It's amazing that that hasn't had one come out recently. Because the popularity of Firefly is still there. It, yeah, I mean, it, it's waning, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I guess uh, uh, some of your Saturday morning cartoons that never got games. <coughs> the D&D cartoon yeah. never had a game based on the show. I think that could have been fun. Uh, or uh, did it? You know, it might have. No, it never did. I would have I remembered that. Uh, you know, the D&D cartoon, I, it's a mixed bag for me. I've mentioned this before. As a D&D player, I found it offensive and wrong. But it still had, it had, it did have its charm. Uh, but, the, oh, man, someone just said Firefly is overrated in the chat. We'll be talking to you later, Mitsuyama. Um, other games, that other shows that did not get a proper game uh, would be, I would say, Babylon 5. I think it came in just under 2,000. 
Uh, Babylon 5, a great show. In fact, I've got a poster on the arcade wall I'm looking at here from a game that was uh, in in uh, production, but it was never released. But it would have been a great universe to have a, uh, a game uh, made for it. And it's funny, the amount of things that got games that are garbage. Oh, yes. <laughs> in fact, we're looking right now, if you're watching the stream, Home Improvement got a game. Yeah. You know, but I guess it's all about, you know... Brand recognition. Yeah. Like, I, why, where's my Jefferson's game? Sanford's son. <laughs> where's all in the family the game? Some games, you, some things you can't strap a game to. No, know? no, that's not true. And I think we're going to be looking at one today. Well, <laughs> yeah, you might be right. So, so just because it shouldn't have a game doesn't mean it doesn't have a game. Uh, someone in the chat mentioned they wish there was a Cheers game. That would, that's sort of like bar games. That's if you need if you And also MacGyver has been mentioned in the chat. Another excellent choice. Although MacGyver does turn up in bro force, more or less. So at least he was he got a casual sort of mention. Uh, and that, that's bro force took a lot of these guys that didn't get games, and they managed to stick them in there somehow. That's which, right. That's kind of funny. Uh, Barney Miller just came up. That's another. <laughs> Can you imagine a Barney Miller hardcore cop game? That'd be pretty good. <laughs> the whole game, you get one bullet. <laughs> yeah, a do- a Doctor Who got mentioned. Doctor Who's had tons of <laughs> tons games. Of all games. of them garbage. Yeah, they're all. There's never been a good one. And then lastly, this is a good one to round out this conversation. Uh, we've had people asking for a Golden Girls video game. Golden Girls is very popular. Still, which is strange to me. And okay, I never I, liked it. I, I, you know, I don't think we were the target audience for Golden. Girls. I, I, I would, I would tend to agree with you. Well, all that said, I mean, there's plenty of good choices out there. Uh, Boy, we should have probably picked one games, of those for games to. <laughs> well, we did, we did. What are you gonna do? They limited you to before 2000. We're not made of stone. We did the best we could. No, we didn't. So, Brent, <laughs> let me tell you something. Yes. I'm going to let you lead the dance this week. All right, we're going to lead, And by lead the dance, I mean stagger, blind drunk, out of the gate, <laughs> fall on your face, and slide across the floor with the game you picked this week. Tell them what you got. Alf. What's that? Alf. What's that now? Alf. Oh. And <laughs> they're not making me like this more. It's <laughs> Alf, everyone. <coughs> Alf, Aaron, yeah. the wondrous, magnificent television shows that premiered uh, all the way back in 86. Really? That long ago? <laughs> and oh, uh, uh, first off, before we go any farther, did you watch the Alf television show? I have. I, first of all, I did not like Alf, the show, okay? I did watch an episode or two, okay? So there's that. Uh, I know the guy, and I'm sure you're going to get into this, but the guy that made the show is some kind of real creepy guy. No, I'm not going to get into that, because that that takes away from the happiness that is Alf. Well, I Alf. know for a fact, hold on a second, the guy that actually made the show is super weird. He's a weird Alf fanatic. He's like, He holds on to Alf like grim death. Well, let me tell you something. Alf is worth holding on for. And do you know what Alf stands Alien for? Alien life form. That's right. Alien life form. Glad you could read the webpage I had up. I didn't look at that. <coughs> I didn't know. I know what it stands for. The television show, Aaron Alf, was a sitcom that was uh, based around a, a typical American family that just happens upon Alf, the uh, the alien life form from beyond the stars. Uh, I remember vaguely watching Alf. I don't think I ever went out of my way to watch Alf, but if Alf was on... I would watch it. How for, old were you when Alf was on? <laughs> uh, would have been 
uh, between like nine and eleven. So you were right in the wheelhouse for people that they wanted to watch Alf. Probably. Well, yeah. I don't know. I think Alf was going for a family, a family audience. So I would have been among the family. Uh, for those that don't know, Alf is this short, hairy, brown alien. Yeah. Sort of like a cross between a teddy bear and an anteater. He looks like a shrunk. It's like someone left a Wookiee in the dryer. And he's got, and with a big <laughs> with nose. With a big nose. Yeah, big yep. snout. <clears throat> and one of Alf's uh, key things is he eats cats. Yeah. And uh, there was a running joke in the show <coughs> that he would... You know, uh, because the family that adopted him, found him, however you want to express it, uh, had a cat. So one of the running gags in the entire the show was Alf would try to to go behind the family's back and eat the cat. What an odd premise for a running gag. But yeah. There you go. Uh, Alf uh, was a, a a I would say a popular show back in the, in the day. Yeah, it ran for four seasons. Really, just four. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were in for a lot longer. Uh, a lot of people very angry at the Elf Show because it kind of ends on a cliffhanger if he got back to his home planet or not. Yeah, I mean that was a shooed in, long arcing premise towards the end uh, uh, that Alf was trying to get back to his planet. It was such a vague overall plot line that you would go. Six or seven episodes that had never to be mentioned. Yeah, but you know that was the the big arc. That was some of the tear jerking <clears throat> moments of Alf. And Alf was a comedy at, at its core. Yeah, uh, with with Alf being the comic relief, uh, also the main character. He was a a a one line quipping kind of guy. And he always got into mischief. Yeah, that kind of show. I liked his voice. They that, that he had a good voice. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Um. <clears throat> and it was nothing alien about it. It was no. just it just sounded like a, a, a dude. It, it sounded like it did it worked at like a deli. Yeah. You know, like oh. <laughs> um <clears throat> but it, it the, when the show ended it kind of ended on a cliffhanger and that kind of bummed everyone out. But we're not here, Aaron, to talk about Alf the television show. We are here to talk about Alf the video game. Now, Aaron, did you know there are multiple Alf video games? I did not know that. Yes. In fact, in 1987, ALF the First Adventure hit the Commodore 64, Apple II, uh, DOS, and Atari ST. Really? No, I have no idea. Uh, uh, I did not play this, but it is considered to be the best of the ALF video games. I praise. That's a (laughs) a low bar right there. Uh, We also have... uh, Add and, sub- add and subtract with ALF. Yeah. ALF U.S. Geography. ALF Thinking Skills. ALF World World of Words. ALF Defender of the Earth. And that's actually a fan game that was made uh, at the year 2000. So we couldn't have done that one. Right. How and, and then my personal favorite, ALF Party Kit. Which was actually <laughs> something that you would buy. And it was... Uh, you could print ALF-themed things for, yeah. like, birthday parties, like cards and stuff like that. Do you find it odd that ALF had all those educational titles? Because he doesn't really strike me as someone that would be good at teaching you things. I mean, he's just sort of this, like, I'm not going to say slovenly, but he's not like an, uh, he's not like uh, uh, Mickey Mouse or something. It, you know what I mean? It is odd that an alien from beyond the stars is teaching me about U.S. geography. Yeah. <laughs> 
That is, it's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe that's one of his alien powers. He's good at maps. But we looked at ALF for the Sega Master System, Aaron. Yes. And, uh, oh boy, did we look at it. This came out in 1989, so a little late in the ALF party line. Uh, uh, it was also the end of that year, so it was, it was as late as you could get for an ALF product. <coughs> this was uh, developed by Nexa, published by Sega, so it was a first-party title. Um, ALF is a platform adventure where you control ALF, and they thought, you know what? What is one of the most successful video games of all time? E.T. So we're going to model our game after E.T. And you have to collect your spaceship parts and fly back to your home planet. They didn't actually say that, did they? No, but okay, that's what the game that is. Would be, someone should be fired and then shot. <laughs> so in ALF, in ALF, the television show, you've got a... a, a, a a whole host of characters. All the ALF family, you've got the neighbors, all these other people. In ALF, the video game, you get ALF. Yeah. That's it. No supporting characters. Like not having the dad in ALF, because that guy was pivotal. He was the straight man to ALF's wackiness, and he also was an oddball guy. Yes. He looked more like an alien than ALF. <laughs> he did. How did he not get in here? He did. <laughs> so, uh, for ALF, the video game, you it's a platformer where your main enemies are... FBI agents with the grabbiest hands. Is that what they are? Yeah, they don't look like FBI agents. They look like, <laughs> like well, they don't they don't look savory. Let's just put it that way. They're always going good. They get their hands going grabbing like that. It's they shuffle down the street grabbing it, stuff. It's an odd animation choice for sure. Yeah, it is. They're also the least undercover agents of all time. <laughs> so, uh, outside of that, you of course have. Uh, uh, people on motorcycles that are basically just street traffic. Yeah. Uh, but your your most deadly enemy, in my personal opinion, are the bats you encounter yeah. in the cave under your house. Yeah. It's because, uh, yeah, I don't understand it, but there you go. Yeah. <coughs> to say that Alf is a odd platformer, I think would be an understatement. I'm not sure it's a platformer, if I'm honest. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't know. What would you call it? I don't. It's. I'll, you know what? You. If, if you'd like me to get into it, it's a little. Sure. This reminds me. Listen. Me and the boat host a show called R. Sinclair. You may uh-huh. have heard of it. We play a lot of Sinclair games. They made a lot of games on the on the ZX that were these adventure type games where you sort of wander around gathering stuff up. Yeah, you know, like trap door and stuff like that. Sure, they're by the way based on TV show, <clears throat> and they're real complicated and they're long and like they're we, they're weird, you know. So and this is like if if like someone said, "Hey, let's water down one of these ZX Spectrum as literally to make it as the thin gameplay as we possibly can," and then you would have Alf. Like Alf, the only gets a few things. It's not a long game. It's not a super complex game. Uh, so that's what it reminds me of. I mean, yes, there is some jumping, but when you're jumping over guys going like this, that walk, they shuffle at a real slow rate. You're right. Really, the bats and the kid on the bike are your most are your nemesis in this game. Oh, until you get further down, there are also scuba divers, and, and once you uh, launch Meteors. your spaceship up into uh, up into space, you've got some other things to yeah. deal with. But <coughs> all right, Alf is a game. I, I think we can all agree with that, and. Uh, uh, 
Jazz it, hands, jazz hands, everywhere you go. It's not a good game. No, no. And it, it's bad for reasons you might not think about. Uh, uh, some reasons you might think yeah, about. I was going to say, I got to hear the bad ones that I didn't come up with. It's got absolutely horrible music. But I want to talk about the music for just a second, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually when you're developing a game, you've got your studio all set out. Yeah. And, and at the studio, you have people that do all their jobs. You get your artists, your programmers, uh, you know, your developers, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, that wasn't the case for Alf. Really? What happened? Alf had a programmer, <coughs> a, couple, uh, a couple programmers, an artist, and then they were like, oh, crap, Alf doesn't have any music. And we're getting ready to ship. Oh. What are we gonna do? So they and they had no budget, none. So they paid uh, poor old Randy Roseberry two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars to come in and put the music that's in wow. out. I'd say you got their money's worth. <laughs> so you know that's a thing. Uh, and, and let me tell you something. They got the, it. Definitely sounds like two hundred dollars for the video game music. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I've it, heard. I've heard worse. There are lots worse. On constant repeat. I think yeah. it has three tunes. I believe the, the second this game comes on, it blares at you. Wow! <laughs> and it <laughs> never like, oh, lets up. Yeah, you got to turn the volume down this summer. <clears throat> um, a couple other uh, uh, woes for Alf. You know, when you when you're basing your game off of off of a property, yeah. you got to strike while the iron's hot, or you're done, right? Because you're paying for that license fee, uh, and if your if your license if the thing your license runs out of popularity, you're screwed. You're gonna lose all your sales. Yeah. So uh, December of 1989 was the drop dead date. The uh, programmers for this begged, begged not to ship. They're like, the game is not done. Uh, this is literally just a barely functioning state. And the uh, uh, the publishers were like, screw you, out the door, on the shelf. Yeah. So, you have to give Alf, I'm not giving Alf a pass, but you have to understand what Alf was dealing with. Very limited budget and a very hectic design uh, uh, schedule to get it out the door. <coughs> Alf, Aaron... When you think Alf, what do you think of his power moves? The big things, your big attacks to, to battle those uh, FBI agents and those menacing bats. The funny thing about Alf, the show, is I don't recall Alf ever really getting into much combat. <laughs> it's not I think a he would wrestle man. the cat occasionally, but I mean, it's not like he had a gun or a spaceship gun, you know, like a blazer pistol or something. He didn't have nothing, as far as I know. That's right. So... When you're making a game about Al, obviously salami is the answer for yeah. your number one weapon. Yeah. You just pull it out of the fridge and go beat bats with it. Just like any good alien from a comedy sitcom would do. Yeah. Uh yeah. To say uh, to say that Alf is all over the place would be quite the understatement. Nothing works well. Uh the controls are are kinda loose. The hit detection is just horrible. Um Alf's sprite, I guess, looks okay. Yeah, he looks bad. a little more splinter. He looks like from, the, uh, he looks like Ninja Turtles. He reminds me of like the uh, uh, the the showbiz pizza rat was brown. Yeah. He looks yeah. like a rat, a huge rat. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now the game does have some interesting mechanics. Uh, it has a full uh, inventory 
and sales mechanic, kind of like an RPG. I don't know if I'd go with full. I mean, it does have one. <laughs> but as far as I can tell, you only buy it. There's only a few <laughs> things you can buy during the whole game. Well, okay. But there are things that you can go to the general store and buy and sell. Uh, well, I'll joke, which I'm pretty sure would not fly into the television show because Alf was constantly trying to be hidden. Um, you also have some interesting elements. Like, you, you do go underwater. You have a water section. You have a space section. Uh, you'll never see these things because you're not good enough to get there, but they are in the game. Yeah, you have to navigate the caves first, and those are tough. Uh, and also, there's puzzle aspects. Uh, what do I need to get over this hole? What do I need to get over this pit, you know? Uh, and that's stuff that you buy and then you use in those applications. It also has a few little hidden tantalizing things. Like there's locked doors in the house that you can eventually get a key for if you know what to do. Um, but the whole goal is to get him back to his home planet. And, uh, uh, no, that's not true. Uh, well, get him back to his people. No, also not true. The whole point of this is so he can visit his girlfriend on Mars. Well, that's, that's not. He's not that's from his Mars. People. His girlfriend lives on Mars. That's the plot of the of the game. That's the plot. He's not going home. He just he wants to go see his his woman. Can you imagine what she looks like? <laughs> I don't want to think about no. it. No. <clears throat> so, Aaron, first question I have for you. Yeah. I got a second question since you answered if you'd seen Al. Does this video game represent the television show Alf? No. I will say, when Alf does something, like, there's oftentimes this Alf will get something that's valuable, and he'll make a quip of, like, this is the old it's the Alf for striking it rich. There's some dialogue. Yeah, yeah. So, Alf, the dialogue portions, I'd say, are sort of Alf. And, and, by, and by dialogue, we mean uh, pop-up text boxes. Right. There's probably, in the whole game, there's probably five. Yeah. Maybe six. You know, but those are kind of Alf-like. I don't know. Well, I mean, listen. Let's say you're a game programmer and someone's like, listen, we need an ALF game, you know, and it, but we need a serious one, not educational. Go for it. I mean, it's not like ALF, the show, gives you a lot of, like, That's supporting material to make a game. That's true. They rendered the house, you know, uh, they, they, I mean, which is sort of. They, but, I mean, the rest of it just had to come up with crap. Like I said, this is the exact same thing the ZX Spectrum games do. Another reason this reminds me of those is because they're also wacky, you're picking up wacky stuff, and you're going, like, the underwater part, going into space. That's the kind of goofy stuff you would do just out of the blue and those things. So, I mean, I, this is, uh, 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 the graphics are, uh, been for a master's game, they're okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't think you the know, graphics are bad. They're, they're okay. You want to hear something fun about the graphics, Aaron? Yeah. These were actually, the graphics were made on an Amiga yeah. using deluxe paint. Yeah. And then they, they... Pulled those off and put them into the game. Really? Yes. Well, so there's a so all the a animation grim day for the Amiga. <laughs> Man, I won't be mentioning that on Amigos. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, uh, I mean, it looks okay. It, again, it's just there, it's a, there's not much you can do. But it, the thing is, the game is the underground parts. If you didn't know what you were doing when you started this game, you would what not. What you won't. It would not be an easy task. Now, I'd played this before on stream one time. So I knew about the salami because you got to get that before you can do anything. Yes. And then you go in there, and that, it's funny the playthrough. The just guy just marches through the bats, whacks. It was no problem. It's it's actually I think much harder than that when you go down into in the caves. Yeah. And if you get hit with a bat, Alf turns into a ghost. That's it. That's yeah. It. That's in him. So, but it, no, it's it's a 
I don't want to bury this game, believe it or not. <laughs> okay. Because this kind of a, this is a game for kids. Now it's too no, hard. No. It's too yeah. hard for kids. <clears throat> it is a game for kids. And if you take aside the fact that it's too hard, it's got elements in it that kids like. They're finding uh, treasure boxes and they're and they're finding hidden treasure and the cats in there and. Uh, they can run and jump, and the the most of the bad guys aren't that tough to de- get rid of. It's not so. I mean, in terms of if you look at it from that aspect, I've played much worse. All right, but as a game, uh, it's not that good, and it and and it's too short. They made they made it too hard. Yeah, you know. And the thing is, if they made it less hard, like the caves, because really the cave part's the hardest part. You know, the, uh, uh, if they had not made that so stupid. That that then at least the kids could have seen these other sections. Yeah. But you, but you never will get here, you know. And it, but it is and really, I mean, the playthrough it's only like about twelve minutes or something. It's, oh, it's, the speed run I think is like fifteen well, minutes a speed, long. Calling this a speed run, it's. I mean, trust me, Alf is not going to speed run anybody. Well, I, he he lumbers around, although he's still quicker than the obscene FBI agents. Yeah. You know, but no, this is a, a big old a big old dud. And furthermore, when we were getting, before we picked games. I saw that people were lobbying for Alf in the Discord. No, they weren't. I saw people in there saying Alf, and I saw people in chat last week mention Alf, and I thought to myself, surely the Brent won't go down that road. Go down that road you No one mentioned that you're making all that up. No, that's true. I want to say something, Aaron. I, much like you, is Alf a bad game? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. But I kind of like it. Well, I kind of like it. I liked... I mean, you are completely lost when you start the game, okay? And you have to feel your way around. You you have to learn that you have to open the fridge to get the salami. You have to learn that you have to take money to buy a, a ladder to put down over the pit. It's it's all surface level difficulty. I mean, it's easy to figure out, but you do feel accomplished when you do it. Alf moves at a brisk enough pace <clears throat> that I, I didn't feel any scene stretched on too long. I did not beat the game, but I, I played a fair way through it. Um, it's just right on the edge, right on the edge of being good enough that I want to play it and I want to recommend it, but it is so bad in you, so no. many ass, so many ways. That I couldn't recommend. There's it to no anyone. way you can recommend this. No. Are you nuts? Uh, we did get some uh, reviews from uh, the disc. We're gonna. We, actually, this was a review heavy week. For yes, us. we don't usually get this many. Boat says because we played a game that people can easily emulate. That might be it because we did play a bunch of weird stuff. In fact, Boat chimes in first with his review of Alf. He said, <laughs> "Boat doesn't beat her in the bush. Alf blows. Yeah. This is a truly awful game in every respect." The collision detection's awful. The music's awful. Alf looks okay. Alf looks okay, but man, this is the worst. The dirt worst. Alf was my first TV disappointment. At the Tinder Ages 9 in 1990, the series ended on a cliffhanger, and the Master System game brought back all those bad memories and added more to the pile. Boat with a burial in that. Jazz Dog chimed in. The JD says... Alf, I wanted to review Gargoyles and try to make a few jokes about being stoned. Unfortunately, I decided to play Alf instead. The joke is on me. 
After some initial confusion, I found a cat, some salami, and a hole in the basement leading to a secret cave. Alf is well known for his love of splunking, so I forward charged into the bad fist of darkness. After my 50th death, I tried to clear the first ledge with the same 10-second musical loop searing into my brain. I began to th- <laughs> think that being alive might be overrated. Wow, this is a good job, Jack's talk to suicide. Like our plucky alien, I did not give up. I figured out how to handle the bats an inch further along with each run. I discovered a gold nugget at a cave shack and died again immediately. Even with my minor success, the game is not worth it. It's tedious, difficult, not the good kind of difficult. And I will try to refine my play further. I would not recommend this game to anyone, even if they were a huge Alf fan. I agree. Finally, Pajaco chimed in, but Alf brought in the people. Alf, I remember seeing Palette Psychic on the Amiga for the first time and having that moment like, this is the future right here, and just being blown away in awe. Alf managed to instill the exact opposite feeling of that. From the surface, the concept is okay, but my word, the implementation is just awful. Bad sprite collision, clunky controls, and weak puzzles. Oh, and the enemies that can pass through solid objects... The game just bones it in at every step. Yes. <laughs> I've seen some really well-implemented games in a master system, so I know the system is capable of more. Even using save states, uh, like they were going out of date, this game was not easy. These are selling on eBay for way too much. The game is probably rare because the poor suckers who bought this probably shredded their copies and went into therapy. <laughs> we play these games so you don't have to. Don't try this at home, kids. Hot, woo, hot garbage, 2 out of 10. <clears throat> a full-on burial from your loving and adoring public, the Brent. And speaking of those ALF prices on eBay, loose cart, $60, uh, boxed versions, uh, up to from 110 to $150. Holy smokes, $150. I got to check my collection. I may have ALF stuck in there. I got to look. Holy smokes, time to get rid of that ugly little freak. <laughs> that kind of wad. So... You actually teetered on recommending this, and it, it's it's no. one of those so bad it's good games. No, well, what did you bring to the table? You're Mr. Idiot. My game is great. Well, I, listen, I'm not going to oversell this. Okay, okay I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> so I didn't know what I was going to play this week, but I thought at first I thought I'm going to play the <laughs> oldest thing I could find, but I couldn't play that. As I mentioned, I'd have to have a computer uh, from the '60s in here. What going to work? And you so, know what I was going to play? I don't know. Pirates of the Dark Waters. Oh, yeah. That game stinks, too. That's eh, okay. Much like the animation it's a, it's of a, your show. It's a anyway, uh, so I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to play here. I had to ponder this. And so I didn't... And one thing I was sure I was, I'm not going to play any cartoon. I can tell you that. That's out. I'm going to play a live action show. Well, I, so I'm sitting around on YouTube, and this show pops into my little feed, and it's a history of the show... That I loved as a chi- as a young man. I was gonna say child, but I was in I was in working for IBM at the time, <laughs> so I guess I can't say that. Uh, but uh, the show in question that I ended up choosing just because of this video was Bam. It's Gargoyles, the game based on the show. Now, yes, listen. Uh, uh, this show came out, uh, and it was from uh, uh, Buena Vista Television, right? This is Disney's, like, this is the arm of Disney where they didn't want you to know it was Disney, okay? Because they were like, yeah, uh, uh, this is more of the more adult or more refined adult cartoons or whatever. Uh, When I first saw the preview for this, 
I was like, this is going to be garbage. And I, my first thought was, looks like Disney wants Batman. That was because yeah. Batman the Animated Series was rocking and rolling. And I saw Goliath there with the cape. And I was like, this is a Batman knockoff. And I watched the first episode purely to badmouth it, as I often do. I do this a lot. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to kill this thing. And then, it, not only did it not suck, I was like, holy smokes, this is good. Yeah. Great voice actors, which I'll get into. And great animation. And I was like, this is... That. And so I ended up watching the first whole season. And it was I was like, this is great. And then they refined it mer- further the second season, which ran like a, a million episodes. So this game, uh, this show, again, Gargoyles, just to get into the show, just the, uh, the briefest amount. Now, there was a third season known as Gargoyles, the Goliath Chronicles. Damn. It's considered by most fans as non-canonical. Non-canonical! Because they, <laughs> this was done by ABC on their, as a morning cartoon. No good. Uh, Goliath, the whole premise of the show is uh, Gargoyles existed, right? And during the medieval times, basically, uh, uh, Gargoyles protected humans in this castle, and the people in the castle turned on them, yeah. right? And so the Gargoyles got mad, Dropped the hammer on them and that were cursed. And the curse was the first of all, almost all the gargoyles were killed. And then the curse was gargoyles were they would be turned to stone until the castle rose above the clouds, right? And so all the gargoyles got turned to stone, and that's why we had gargoyles. A guy named David Xanatos, who was a super wealthy like Tony Stark type, thought to himself, "Hey, I, I wonder if I can unleash the power of these guys." For real, he was a sort of an occultist. And so he literally had the entire tower shipped over from Scotland and then stuck it on the top of his skyscraper. And it got high enough to where the, it actually took out the spell. They could, they could come out there in the night. you know. And then, of course, he ended up being the ultimately being the protagonist of the show uh, because, uh, because he, well, it goes back and forth. Sometimes he's with them, sometimes he's against them. Uh, and this was a great premise. Uh, the Goliath, the main gargoyle, was played by uh, Keith David, this guy's been in everything. He's got a great voice. He was in Pitch Black. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was the guy that Roddy Piper fought in the alley in They Live. So if you need to know who that is, that's him. Uh, uh, his love interest, Goliath's love interest, Aliza Mazza, was done by Sally Richardson. And there were tons and tons of Next Generation cast in this. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Franks was Xanatos. Demona was played by uh, Counselor yeah, Troy. Troy. Yeah. Uh, Data, Data <laughs> played Puck. Uh, 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 the guy that did uh, uh, Wharf played Coldstone. Like they were t- the only one that didn't get in there was Picard. He was yeah. the only one. All and it, it just happened. To, that's just the way it worked out. That wasn't their angle. But I mean, Newsflash: these guys are all good actors. Yeah, and it worked. And it, it worked. They did really good job. So, like I said, this ran. Uh, this ran from '94 to '96, and then the last season was uh, on ABC, and it was like I said, it was no good. So no. I urge you to check out the show because the show is. It's great. It and, is. And, and it's good. The, and the funny thing about the show is it's got a lot of, there's a lot of Shakespearean influence in it. And so you'll actually learn something on top well, of everything no, else. No, you will. On. You no. will. It's real good. Now, I mean, the second season, there were, it's 78 episodes. There's about 50 episodes of the second season. There's not all winners. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, no, it, I, I enjoyed it. It, yeah. it certainly, though, was trying to be a Batman the Animated Series, but it was an, it was definitely its own thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were they were trying to, they had a lot of, uh, it was dark, amateur, but I mean, it really had nothing to do with Batman at all. No, not, no, no, no. No, it was just the same grim style, that yeah. more serious style. And there were, there were, you had Goliath and Brooklyn, 
Uh, you had a, a, a Broadway. You had a bunch of different gargoyles. There were about five or six main gargoyles, including Ed Asner played Hudson, which was great. If you're familiar with Ed Asner's work on Mary Tyler Moore, he was the other guy. Who was a brilliant voice actor. Who'd have thunk it? So with all that said, uh, you would think this game would have spawned tons and tons of games. It actually only spawned a couple, a Game Boy release, and it spawned this one. And I'll be honest with you, uh, Brent, when I picked this, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to decide which Gargoyles game to choose. No. <laughs> there was, I had very limited choices in which Are ones I could pick. Are you saying ALF had more games than Gargoyles? ALF did. It did. Well, ALF was a bigger hit. I mean, I mean, it's a different type. It's a primetime show. So, uh, Gargoyles, the game, this was developed by Walt Disney uh, Computer Software, Inc. So, this was in-house, published by Buena Vista Interactive. This is when they were doing this stuff in-house. Uh, this came out, <coughs> excuse me, in 95 for the Genesis slash Mega Drive. Uh, pro now get this, this is, I always like it when these things tie together. Uh, this was programmed by a guy, by a guy named Chris uh, Shrigley. I looked at his back catalog. He did a lot of stuff on the C64. Uh, Gauntlet 2, Skate Crazy, that god-awful game that just keeps popping up, Action Fighter, it's horrible. He also uh, worked on James Bond Jr., which is also, we covered on this show, and it's also horrible, and the horrible cliffhanger. So he did, <laughs> he did I mean, Gauntlet 2 is good. Uh, the uh, uh, You had a 39-man crew here, all Ooh. right? So, yeah, it was, I mean, that's not that unusual. So the game... For the 90s? <laughs> the game is uh, similar to the show, but not exactly like the show. Uh, it's split into several levels... It's got five levels, okay, and the key, the elements of the of the game is um, someone has gotten hold of what's called the Eye of Odin. It's a talisman, which was, which was in the show, and it can do a bunch of crazy, you know, magical stuff. Yeah. And so what it does is that whenever you have it, you get a lot of you get a lot of jack. So in the opening uh, level, Goliath at his castle, fending off an attack from these from these Vikings, basically. And at the end, you're going to fight the the guy with the talisman, and that's the, sort of the way these these levels go. Uh, you do play as Goliath. You, there, as far as I can tell, the only two people from the show, and I mean, you could really argue maybe there were three. Goliath is the guy you play. You don't get to this. This is like having one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah, because I mean, you they literally cut out all the other gargoyles at all of them except for one. Which was disappointing. And also, Goliath never talks. So you think they'd have a little speech in there. He does scream. That's about it. Um, you, they're Demona, which is sort of the, the chick gargoyle that is the bad girl in the show, she shows up at the very end of the game. I mean, for one, one section. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. And then Cold Stone sort of, kind of is in it, but they just basically take, it's basically robot gargoyles that are in a level. Yeah. Colson was much cooler. That's who Worf played in the in the show. He was much cooler and more interesting in the show. Uh, so, you're not going to be switching between gargoyles. Uh, something else you're going to find is that, despite the fact that, and this is in the show too, but this is much lamer in the game. As you go through this platformer, uh, you'll notice that gar the gargoyles don't fly, uh, despite the fact that they've got wings. Now, in the show... They don't fly either. They glide. Yeah. But in the show, it glide. It's a lot like Batman's. Uh, it's a lot like Batman's uh, grapple hook. You know, sometimes Batman will just shit thing up there and just shoot straight up, and he can. The gargoyles just basically can do that most of the time. Yeah. They don't have, but not in this game. It's a lot. They, the wings they do nothing. But oh, they glide. You can glide. It's not like, but I mean, there are parts of this game. I'm like, why am I not flying here? Because right. this is dumb. Uh, so. 
This game is very, all the levels are dark, dark or red. They're yeah. either basically very dark or underground. And of course, in the show, when it's daytime, the gargoyles turn to stone. They can't move. So I guess that's to be expected. Um, again, you start off on a castle level. Uh, Goliath, of course, you're using the Genesis' three button stick. You've got a, basically, the buttons have multiple functions, but it, it, at their core, You've got an attack button, you've got a jump button, and you've got a grab button, all right? And they, they can do a few other moves. Goliath, being a gargoyle, can basically climb straight up stuff. He just digs his claws into the cement yep. or stone and can climb up them. So they got that part right. And this does add some interesting elements to the game in areas where you can basically crawl up walls, under ceilings. This probably was a pretty difficult game to design the levels on, I can tell you from playing the game, uh, Goliath, I would say he controls, he controls okay, but I, the, the, I, the controls were a struggle, which we'll get to that. Listen, I know you're leaning in, like, you're not wrong, okay? <laughs> I wasn't zipping around this thing like Mario, okay? No. Now, part of the reason that the controls are sort of difficult is the levels in this require you to do a lot of stuff that you normally wouldn't do in a platform game. They're set up in very strange ways. For example, and, I, and this is sad, on the very first level when you're in the castle, I got to a point early on where I couldn't do anything. I had no idea what I was doing. And I had to watch a playthrough and read the manual to even have any idea what I was doing. It turns out, if you take a small run and hit your attack button, there are some walls you can just go right through. Yeah. And this is important, but I didn't know that at first. And the manual is very vague on this. The manual needs work. It's a very thin, weak manual. But there are some elements, that, in fact, you'll, you'll, you need to use it a lot, where you just basically get ahead of steam up and just ram through stuff. Another thing I had to look up is I got to a point where I was on top of this tower and there was nowhere else to go. Well, in certain areas, you can jump, hit down, and, and, and your attack button, and he'll shoot down to the lower level. Right, he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll crash to the floor. He'll, no, no, he's or sometimes he swings behind the the scene and, and does it again. This is sort of confusing uh, because you, it's not spelled out well in docs, and so for your average person, this was probably a, especially back before the internet. I would say this is a, probably a pretty a frustrating first level to get through. This first level was no uh, small task yeah. to get through on easy. I got through it, but it was not the easiest thing I've ever done. I will say they give Goliath, this is a game that gives you a lives, plus it gives you a health bar. And it's a fairly generous health bar uh, on the first level. The second level, it starts to if go a lot If you play on quicker. easy, it does. Right. I, I play it on normal. Uh, and you get a goodly amount of men on, on easy. I thought the graphics were pleasing uh, for the most part. They weren't super awesome. I thought the shading and stuff for what they were playing with. I mean, again, when you're going to use real dark levels... You're, it really does limit what you can do. And so this game pretty much is limited to the, the, uh, the, level, the level where you see Goliath at the castle is just like a night setting. And then when you, the second level where you have to go down to try to save your eggs, by the way, this is also in the very, uh, very first series uh, where they, the humans went down to try to smash the rookery, all the eggs, and then they do it, by the way. Uh, in this in this version, you're down in what's basically like a lava level. Yeah. I thought the lava level was also... There's two of these levels that are like this. They're like kind of red. You know, they're red tint to it because they're in like lava or liquid yeah, metal. I didn't get past this. <clears throat> this was real tough. Yeah. And I had to use save states just to get past. I had to get to the city. In the city. Uh, there's a part of the second level of this that is... Again, I... 
this might have been easy pickings for a more talented player. No, this was it was hard. There's a, did you get to the part where you had to swing up with the bladed things to get to the top of that of the ledge? You didn't get that far. No. Well, let me tell you, I sat there and tried this for hours to get past it. It was unbelievably difficult. There's also parts of the second level where you get like an updraft from like yeah. lava flows that you can so it lets you fly up a little bit, but you're still you can't fly proper. Uh, as you move to the third level, you're in a city. Then you go uh, underground in the city. Then you're on a subway car. Which all these levels looked cool. I didn't get to them. They looked they interesting, uh, but it was the gameplay was pretty much the same basic bear. I will say in the city level. For a little bit of time, I got to be there. You could actually come down through a skylight, and your guy would bust through like the entire building and bust out the wall. That was pretty cool. I like that stuff. I didn't use the slam all that much because it was easy to get hit when you were using it. I used it on geeks, but like people that had like throwing weapons, it was a lot tougher. I didn't use it that much. Um, so the game isn't super. Like I said, there's five levels. They're difficult levels. They're huge. Yeah, they're, they're gargantuan. They're, they're, and I will say, when you die, they do start you pretty much exactly where you left yeah. off, which is uh, nice. Uh, enemies don't respawn, which is nice. There's a lot of stuff in here to like. Don't get me wrong. The level design's quite interesting again because your guy has so much flexibility of movement. Uh, that they use you some places you have to use your ability to fly a smidge. Yeah. Some people glide, places you have man. to glide. Glide, excuse me. Some people some places you have to swing off stuff to activate doors and whatnot. So there's some there's something to it. Uh, each main level ends with a boss fight. Mm -hmm. The boss the first two bosses are sort of the same. The second level he just gets bigger, but it's still the same guy. And the funny thing is the I'm watching the video here. I did the exact same thing. The first two levels have like little glitches you can take advantage of to just basically crush the end guy. Like I crushed the first end guy on my first attempt and lost no energy because I just got on the platform underneath him and just kept nailing him until he died. Yeah. I don't know if you did that. On the second level, we just walk up to him and keep pounding him until he dies. I didn't get to the third level. And like I said, the last boss is a uh, is Demona. Um, this game, you know, I would call the gameplay in this okay. I mean, I like I liked some of the stuff in it, but it wasn't the best. But it was surprisingly well received, uh, Brent. Uh, I looked over the scores on this thing just to see how it how it uh, fared. I mean, this was like when this was released, it was showered with praise by a lot of people. Uh, I got, I knocked in a couple quotes here. Uh, Game Pro called it one of the best games for the Genesis, right next to Earthward Gym Two. Top notch gameplay. Game Informer liked it. They said Disney Interactive was making better Sega games than anybody. Uh, game uh, Next Gen gave it four uh, stars uh, and eighty five percent said it was uh, uh, amazing graphics. You know they said it was awesome. They put it. They said it was similar to the looks of Demon Crest on the Super Nintendo, which I don't know what that is. But I'm sure you do. Uh, EGM was this kind. They they were a mixed bag on it. But I mean this thing was highly loud, and when it was came out, and if you look at the scores. You're looking at everything from, uh, I mean, it got a 5 out of 5 all the way down to the lowest scores, uh, 23 out of 40, which is EGM. But, then, of course, you've got three different panelists, I believe it is, that so that those get a little weird. But for the most part, the scores are real high for this game. Uh, I did not find it an A-plus game. I would say this is, in my opinion, this is a, maybe a C-plus game. Uh, I think that the fact that they didn't include any of the other gargoyle stinks, I, it really doesn't capture the spirit of the show that much. You know, it's shallow. Uh, I thought the plots, 
that the show had a million different plots that were better than anything that like this is as generic a plot. Yeah, this the enemies no plot, the enemies yeah. are this are uninteresting for the most part, especially anything on the second level on because they're usually like robots and machines and they stink. Like the enemies, I mean, there were so many awesome. The pack you could have brought any of those guys in or or. Uh, the uh, uh, the robot, the actual robot gargoyle team that was awesome, or Xanatos and his gang, anything could have happened. Fox and Xanatos, not Xanatos, is still not in the game. He was the number one guy in the, in the show. They didn't get him in the game at all. So these are huge detriments to a proper fan. And so with, I mean, I can judging the game s- simply on its gameplay. It's okay. What did you think? Okay, thank you. I was ready to be tagged in. Uh, let me just say, right off the bat, this is not faithful. I mean, it, it, it might be faithful to the source material, but it does not use the source material to any benefit. It's a lot like Alf. Any benefit. Well, with the exception of this had uh, source material that could have been used... <laughs> For a video game. Oh, God, yes. Hundreds of games. Alf yeah. did not. Yeah. Okay. That. Yeah. The uh, animation uh, on Goliath is fantastic. Yeah, it's real good. Okay. So much so that it's a detriment to the game. Because nothing else looks as good. Well, I, no more than that. He has so many frames of animation for everything that he does that it starts to feel clunky. For example, if you start to walk up a wall and you, you're clawed into the wall and you, you want to take one step up that wall, you can't just shimmy. You have to complete a full cycle of his climbing animation for it to register that you have moved up that wall. Why is this a problem? Yeah, it's- there are so many... Precision jumps where you have to be in a precise location on a wall to jump to another wall. Yeah. And the animation is so uh, detailed that it doesn't allow you to do that. That is art getting in the way of gameplay. You cannot do that in a video game. Uh, Is it beautiful to look at? Goliath is awesome. Yeah. His animations are awesome. All of them. Except his ducking, which is kind of weird. Well, he ducks like that in the cartoon. That's, he, well, gets I mean, he, real, gets, he gets real low. He gets way low, face yeah. to the ground type yeah, low. that's the way he does it. I'll give him a pass on that. He has too many moves. Uh, he has the a run, a run dash attack. He has a jump dash attack. He has a jump regular kick. Strikes. Uh, and the strikes are different where depending on where you are, uh, how close you are to an enemy or to a wall. Combos. If you're onto a wall, <coughs> you get a different type of strike. Yeah. There are so many attacks that it is overwhelming. And it, it it's poorly utilized. If the all if all these attacks had their place, it'd have been awesome, but they don't. I ended up just slamming everyone with the throw button. Yeah, I would run up to but them. They, they probably should take energy. To take, it hurts you when you because they get a cheap shot in often when you try that. That's why I didn't do it that much. I, I, I did it all the time because you, uh, the throw is almost except for a boss is a one hit kill on yeah. everything. The next problem, everything in the game. I understand gargoyles. They only come out at night. Blah blah blah. 
the game is too dark. You know there are details hidden in some of this blackness, but you can never see enough stuff. And it's it's I was so upset when I got to this to the second level. I was like, okay, because I thought I was gonna be at the city. Like it made sense. You start in the castle because that's the way the show starts. The the whole second stage protecting your eggs, not needed. You should have went to the city and then went and protected your well, eggs. Well, you know, they, but that's the way the show went. Well, that's why they did that. Everyone way. wants to there be in no the city. Eggs. Yeah. Okay. Everyone wants to go to the city level. I never made it there because I didn't use safe states and I also didn't play on easy. Uh. The enemies in this game, they're they're highly detailed, and they have great animations, but they're cheap as crap. You will have ranged people set up in positions that you can't get to unless you get hit. And they have uh, uh, enemy locations that make no sense. For an example, you're, you're on the castle level. They've got these huge uh, ballistas shooting... Each other, the yes. two bullets are, and they're they're, they're just stupid. And it they makes, do a ton of damage, and you and you <laughs> and they've got spikes set up on the wall to make you have to jump around. It's real tough. Yeah, uh, I hated that. It's the game is difficult in ways that it's not good to be difficult. It's difficult because everything else around it has made it difficult. Uh, it's not because of clever stage design or anything like that. The game gets in its own way. With all these detailed animations and stuff, this isn't a bad game. I don't, but I had zero fun playing this. I never was like, "Yes, look what I just did." I always felt like, "Oh gosh, I have to do this again. I have to make this precise jump again. I have to kill this enemy on the ledge again." I had more fun playing out. No. Yeah, I had more. I didn't say Elf was a better game. No. I had more fun playing Elf, running around, exploring in these nice, bright environments. I played Elf first, and I was fired up to play Gargoyles. I, I thought, I had no idea. I, I knew there were Gargoyle games, but I'd never played any of them. Yeah. And <clears throat> on the surface, it looks pretty good. But playing it, I just simply had no fun. I had no fun. It was a struggle from beginning to end. That doesn't mean that Gargoyles is a bad game. Gargoyles just isn't a fun game. I uh, yeah. I, listen, Alpha is horrible. So no, this is not a better Alpha. Not better. And I a, just I said Alpha was not a but better game. But it's also game. not more fun. Alpha was more fun. Listen, our games aren't a competition, but you lose. No, but anyway, you're insane. And it, with all that, this said, was no fun. No, I, I did. You have fun playing there this, is fun or did you had. feel like it was a struggle no, from beginning I to had, end? I had fun. I enjoyed playing it. But Tell me where were, you had fun. What part of this game did you have fun? I enjoy doing stuff with Goliath. Like it's fun to throw guys off the towers for it's the four hundredth time. It's fun to slam people. It's fun to. It, I will say the one of the things I did get right is when you certain characters they scream and make a bunch of noise, which is cool. It was fun to succeed at really hard parts, but it was that fun was over. Listen, it, there are plenty of places in this that aren't fun. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but I mean, it's a game. Alpha is nothing. Um, oh, that's so much crap. Yeah, you heard me. Out now. All that said, uh, I think this is a game. I think a real hardcore players would probably enjoy this game. I uh, don't because, it's, because of the difficulty level. 
but and I like I said, it's a, the one of my biggest problem with this is the is they drop the ball on the story and the atmosphere. It, the in-between scenes are just words with a, one little crappy, grainy picture. Yeah. Like, when you get turned into a gargoyle that's a stone and you go to the future, like, there's nothing. There's yeah. no cutscene. There's no animation. There's just a little thing that says, well, now you're above the clouds. It's like, that is lame. Like, there's no... Could they not even put pictures of the other gargoyles in the game? Could you not mention... He didn't mention Elisa Maza. Like, they couldn't fit her in or Xanatos. Well, no, they didn't use the source material at all. They didn't, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. This could have been any character. Yeah. Like, put Goliath in here is irrelevant. This could have been anybody. Absolutely. Which makes me wonder if they just didn't take something and be like, well, let's put this guy in. You know, because uh, even the Roker, you don't really see much of the Roker. They could have been at any level. Yeah. You know, I, the, that, that's the stuff that really... That'd be like a Batman and Robin game based on a series where they didn't use the Joker. I mean, yeah. it's like, or Alfred. It's like, what, what are you doing on the Batmobile? So that was my dig- biggest disappointment with the game. You know, I, I, how the game plays. I you know, also, I'm not great at these sorts of games, but I, I did okay. I did okay at this one, but it's it's a difficult game. But it's difficult for the, all the wrong reasons. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, what would bring me, what keeps me wanting to play a game like this? The atmosphere and the story, and this didn't have them. And no. so that's where it really failed. I uh, got a couple. Uh, got a couple uh, reviews for gargoyles. I got one here from Pajaco. He said, "Sadly, I was too cool for school when gargoyles aired on TV, so I'm not really familiar with it. Land, uh, loading up the game and watching the demo, I was quite intrigued. The graphics looked great, music sounded great. Yeah, it looked generic. Uh, it looked like generic TV show platform fodder, but some of those can be fun. What I found was a clunky and difficult game that proved to be infuriating." Too infuriating to draw me in. The presentation was nice, but the hit detection was not great, and it sometimes was tough to judge things when you could when you could take damage differently depending on what frame of animation uh, was playing. I made it to the first boss on my second playthrough using save states to get up to that bleep climbing section where you wall jump uh, wall to wall to avoid the cannons. Which one? There's about a million. I really wanted to like this one, but it just drove me up the wall five out of ten. But boom John, boat of car Schaller chimed in. Uh, the Mega Drive was often marketed as the Amiga's cooler, older cousin, but Gargoyles is proof that the me- uh, mediocre platform action Apple didn't fall far from the tree. I know Aaron is a big fan of this series. I'm going to go out on a limb here to say that the cartoon probably doesn't have you re- repetitively exploring a castle ruin for 45 minutes. The graphics in this game are serviceable. The controls are fine, but man, smashing through yet another wall to get to another room in the castle to collect yet another gold cup got old real fast. This is the archetypal example of licensed game mediocrity. I mean, I can't say he's wrong on that. That's That, that right there, what Boat just said, is exactly what... I mean, this is, to me... The Gargoyles game is a, a huge missed opportunity. By the way, they they had a port of this plan for the Super Nintendo that got canceled. You can probably see why. And it's a, it's this is the thing that bothers you when you play licensed games, TV or movie licenses. It's really easy to come in and pick up the license and just throw out crap. And I mean, and the thing is, this is an ocean level garbage. No, no, but they tried. What Bo just... said, this is mediocrity. Yeah. They didn't excel themselves in any way. And so when you get a game that really excels itself, it's based on a license, enjoy it. Because these are the kind of games that you often receive, Brent. Now, Aaron, yes, sir. I have a question for yes, you. Yes, sir. Oh, the... eBay, before you get to your question. All right. I know I hate to break up the flow, but we've got to talk about this. This game goes for tons of money. Did I mention that? More than Alf? Yes. 
So completing box copies of this on eBay are going for $200, $212, $250. Uh, I've, I've seen them sell not that much. I did see some that sold for bargains for $62, bucks. The cart alone is going for $37 and $50. So ALF is more valuable. Someone told me, I think it was Pajaka, that said the, the PAL version was cheaper. You get cheaper. But really, mm. you know, unless you're a collector going after this stuff for collection purposes, <clears throat> if you're, play, you're going to play the game, you can probably just get the cartridge or just skip it all together, Brent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what you can't skip, Aaron? I don't. I don't know what you can't skip. Sending your goods and surf for service... At, to Retro Rewind. That's a good point, Brent. Why is that? Aaron, Retro Rewind, if you have a broken Amiga, yeah. if you have... Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> if, you've, <laughs> if you've got a Commodore 64 just sitting in your corner collecting dust because it just doesn't work like it should anymore, yeah. send that stuff up to Frank at Retro Rewind. Yes, Frank does it all. RetroRewind.ca is the place for you to go and it's not just for service, Brent. He's got tons of great goods, and he's ready to ship them to you. Conveniently located in North America, by the way. Yes. Do you need uh, flashcard solutions like the Kung Fu Flash for C64, your Commodore line? He's got you covered. Accelerators for your Amiga 600, he's got you covered. You need diagnostic cartridges to try to figure this stuff out on your own. And then once you figure it out, do you need replacement caps or parts? He's got you covered there as well. And if you've got a TRC color computer, Frank's your hookup for the SDC, the solution for the C60 or the the uh, TRC color computer when Absolutely. it comes to loading games off an SD card. Frank has decades of service skills that were that were made on TV shows throughout the world. Tech yes. TV, for example. You know, we Frank was there. We could have played Frank the video game. We could have. Because he was he was on television before the year 2000. Well, I don't know if they made a game after him. We'll see. Yeah, coming soon. Get happy coding. <laughs> get working on it. That's Frank at RetroRewind.ca. Please consider giving him your business. Now, Aaron. Yes, sir. We go to the wheel where we have added a suggestion by Chris Folds. Chris Folds? I've heard yes. of him. He's a fitness guru. Did you know that? He wants us to play dancing games. It's funny because I'll do a little dancing. I'll do a little prancing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that, oh, you know what? Holy moly. I didn't add a retro Just let piece. it ride. Looks like Odyssey 2 will have to be on there Just again. Just let it ride, oh, brother. Oh, darn. Spin that wheel. Happy just chimed in. We need a game based on Frank at Retro Rewind. Happy, make it happen. All right. Oh, we almost got the Retro Rewind piece. So what's the big winner, the Brent? Oh boy. What do you got? Oh no. Would you just can, say? Can we just spin again? No. What's the? Uh, what did you roll? This is the Zenmix, the Daewoo CPC. The Zenmix Daewoo CPC. Do we know anything about that, the Brent? No. Who put the, who picked that? I did. You picked the key. Oh, then what are you complaining about? I don't wanna. You're an idiot. I don't wanna, Hopefully man. Hopefully it's something we can actually figure out. I don't wanna. Say that one more time. Hold it up to the cameras. They can tell what you're talking about. That's the Zemex Daewoo. So is it like an Amstrad? I don't know. Oh, man. I'm I don't know. You're an idiot. <laughs> so, thanks everyone for checking us out this morning. Hey, before, no. before we drive off here... Let's talk about something that's so close you can almost taste it, the Brent. It's Amigathon uh, 2023. It's yes. going. It's going to happen. Uh, it's coming up February 18th, Brent. My gosh, 
So close. We're only a few weeks away from oh, February 18th. Yes. I'm very excited about that. I am. This is, a, uh, this is our uh, yearly uh, uh, show to get some cash, some charity going to the Children's Miracle Network yeah. of Hospitals. A worthy cause. Absolutely. Uh, today, we've raised well over 10, 10 large. Thanks to you, the listening and viewing public. We appreciate that. And do you know how much we've already raised before I, Amigathon even opened its doors? I didn't look at the most recent total, but let's have, we can look at it real quick. Because you can donate right now at Amigathon.com. You can donate before the event. Get your money in. It doesn't go to us. It goes straight to the charitable organization. And then you can just sit back, relax, know you've done what you can to help the Children's Miracle Network and enjoy Amigathon. Yeah, and we're going to, well, trust me, if you go ahead and donate now, we're still going to put you over when Showtime oh, yes. goes around. Right now, we're at 1,250 big dollary dues. That's before the thing starts. Before the game even uh, begins. And I want to say thank you uh, because I, we just mentioned him. Hold the sign back up. RetroRewind.ca, our good buddy Frank, matched $500. Uh, yes. So right out of the gate, Frank kicked in a $500 bill. Uh, so we appreciate that, Frank. We appreciate everyone that's already kicked in. That's a good number right there. Absolutely. I remember the first time we did one of these charity events, we weren't sure we would raise any money. So it was great. And it's every year, it's been uh, it's been quite nice. Now, with all that said, uh, times are tough all yes. over. You know, if you can't uh, uh, if you can't wisely kick money into the choice of miracle, whatever, don't feel bad. No, but here's what you do: you want to help, right? Yeah. But you don't. But like you said, times are tough for some people. They're tough. You can't put out that money. That's right. Just just say, hey, look Facebook page. Amigathon. That, that's look good. Twitter feed. Amigathon. That's right. That's Bam! You've helped. Show up. Be part of the event. Be part of the chat. You've helped. My God, that's the wisest thing you've ever said to Brent. I can't believe it. i got to put that over. He's right. Don't feel obligated. Just come by. Spread the word. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, it will all go down uh, on this exact same Twitch channel here, Amigos Retro Gaming. It all kicks off February 18th at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I told Boat you were real excited about that 8 a.m. start time. I won't be there. We're going for 12 big hours, brother. (laughs) And it's nothing but Amiga all day, all night. Yes. Uh, Any other things you want to plug the Brent before we take this thing to the house? I guess we should a quick plug for Boat Fest. It's coming soon. Uh, Get your tickets today, 23rd uh, through 25th. Listen, is this going to be happening? Oh, you better believe it is. We got people coming from Australia. We got people coming from the UK, Canada, all people merging at the tech capital of West Virginia, Hurricane, for what will be <laughs> a, a, an event that this sounds never seen before. I guarantee you, it's going to be awesome. True. I know over a third to almost one half the tickets are already gone. Woo! Uh, did you know that? And we have limited room, so yeah, it's we not have like we can capacity. make it up on the fly. And a lot of the locals have not purchased <laughs> their tickets. Yeah, so. and don't walk up to the door and be like, oh, oh I'm here for Boat Fest. Hey, we we yeah. got laws. Yeah, that's, the fire marshal standing at the door with the clicker. He's counting the, them as they go in. The part of, There's a blessing and a curse here that the mayor's coming. Yes. So with the mayor there, he's not going to let any shenanigans go down. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Anyway, that's Boat Fest uh, June 23rd through 25th. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, but I thought I'd throw it up there uh, to get your mind working. So, next week, we're playing Daewoo CPC. We'll figure it out. The Who Zen knows? Max, Zen Mix, Zen, Zen, I don't know. You can't say it, but we can play it. That's for sure. Until next week, everybody, 
Uh, go watch some TV, brother. Adios. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Death and Styles for our vector style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17, Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalogy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O'Raw, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Brown, W. Betke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmason, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob, Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo NL, The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents.mail.com. Chris Munch!